Blog Talk Radio. I hated miss having to miss last week, you know. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say I've been in a good mood lately, but uh, you know, I'm. Uh, you you I'm have been. Fighting, I I've slowly been fighting through the demons that I've got going on. So. Um, well, I see it, you've been uh, doing. Uh, I see you've been doing a lot of events um, with University of North Dakota. I see you. Uh, I see you uh, posing in pictures with the, the NDSU cheerleaders all the time, or not necessarily cheerleaders, but like all the teams, like the women's, I believe, like the women's volleyball team and the, uh, the cheerleaders. I think were one of them, and yeah, you, know, you have a couple of photos. You're looking good in those, though. Yeah, I uh, well, you know, it's it's the only thing I got to keep me going. You know, uh, to take my mind off uh, 
all the BS that's going on, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm working through it, getting things done, getting by, uh, battling, uh, depression, like, uh, nobody's business, but I, uh, now let me ask you for somebody who goes through that, uh, somebody who that and, and does have that and has had issues with that, the medicines that they give you, that, that, that Big Pharma puts out uh, to battle those kind of things, do those work or are those just kind of like something to like tide you over but really they make money on it? No, they, they work, uh, you know. Uh, you know, the only thing is uh, if you, uh, you know, you can't <clears throat> abuse the uh, the stuff, you know. Some people like to abuse it, but I don't. I take what is recommended, and then uh, I go from there. Well, see, guys, my son, um, Anthony, he's 32 years old, and he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, bipolar 1 disorder, at 11 years old. And he has been in and out of residential treatment programs. I mean, he lives on his own. He's been on his own for several years, but um, every once in a while, his meds will, especially his Depakote will level will bottom out, and he'll either get manic or really, really depressed or a combination of the two, and then he gets suicidal, and then he has to be put in the hospital for a few days to get his meds straightened out. So I can certainly understand what Icon is dealing with. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's just you know, it's just a been a constant battle, and uh, you know, the thing is, I'm a I'm a fighter, and I uh, I just keep chugging along, and uh, like I say, it almost reached the boiling point this weekend, but uh, I was able to uh, uh, talk to a friend of mine and uh, got it uh, got it worked out, so that's. What I was hoping to do, you know. Granny, you uh, you missed it. Um, actually, was it was it last week? Um, or was it the week before that there was a uh, the person who posted um on our Facebook page, uh, saying that like they listen to the show and like they love the show, and uh, they really like Cowboy Doug Masters, who I hope is feeling better as well. I know he had some some health issues as of late um, and and everything. But they said uh, they love the show. They love you. They love me. They said Icon sucks. Were you there for that? Well, I saw, the, I saw the post on Facebook. I saw the post on Facebook, but I that must have been last week's last week's show because, I mean, since I wasn't on last week, but... Yeah, we talked a little bit about post. it. Um, yeah, I saw well, I saw the post on Facebook and well, without Icon, we can't do a lot of what we're doing. Uh, Big swing, you're cutting out there a little bit. You're fading out. I don't know if it's me or it's you or what. No, it's me. I had to move the move the microphone. Can't hear you, buddy. Yeah, he's yeah. I can't hardly hear you, Big Swing. Hold on, I had to move the microphone so that oh. I could. Uh, yeah, I had to move it so I could look at my computer because I was facing swivel chair face any other way um so i told the person and hopefully the person is listening uh again this week but uh, i i said last week we can't do a lot of what we're doing 
show-wise with guests uh, without the icon. I mean, he's, um, you know, he's speaking of that, we have three guests tonight. But I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's doing his due diligence. He's going out there. He's getting people. He's booking not just independent wrestlers, but, you know, former WWE superstars. And, um, you know, if not, this would just be us BSing about Raw every night and it'd be kind of boring. So the fact that we have the top interview program on the internet, I think, uh, is, is solely due to Icon. Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I got to book a lot of interviews and book a lot of people and talk to a lot of people just for ESPN every day. I, I really don't have the energy to do it. So really, I, I, I'd be too lazy to go out and try to track these people down. So the fact that Icon is able to do that uh, is, is of the utmost importance for the stability going forward on the show. By so, the way, uh, did, you guys get the, uh, did you guys get the text message I sent you guys this week with all the people I, uh, I booked? Yeah, exactly. Yes, I, did. I, I mean, Every week, Icon is doing that. So, you know, for those of you out there, and we are going to move on because we are going to, Icon is going to tell us who's coming on tonight. But for those of you who think the Icon sucks or think the Icon doesn't do anything for the show, uh, I guess the uh, the only thing I can tell you is... Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? Because your opinion really doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so there we go. But Icon, speaking of that, sir, who did you book on with us here tonight? All right. Well, tonight uh, we have uh, uh, we have uh, the burning uh, rain uh, Reagan of fire. Uh, okay. He's going to be on with us. Uh, we have uh, Katrina Shestack, and we have Tiger Conway Jr. So it's going to be great. All right. And then I'll tell everybody who we got next week. Uh, we got a couple legends next week, so it'll be great. Yeah. So who's coming on first here tonight? Uh, it should be uh, Rain of Fire. That's Rain of Fire, Raina okay. Fire. Not yeah, Raina. well, I get it. It's, it's Raina as like. The female name Raina, but then Raina of play our words. I got you. It's that's a, that's a cool setup of a of a name. And so. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know about, uh, they just announced that the D Generation X <clears throat> is going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. which includes China. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, well, it's about time. Yeah. So. I mean, I. I I, I mean, you can't get much more. Uh, you, you, you can't get much more Attitude Era than Degeneration X, and I mean, the Attitude Era has been over for what, almost almost two decades now. So, gotta gotta do something. Um, I'm surprised they're not in there much sooner, to be honest with you. Degeneration X. I, I think they deserve to be in there. Uh, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, even. Well, you know, and. Uh... You know, I'm glad that they're finally putting Chani in, but I think she deserves to be in individually as well. You know, that's just my opinion. Well, that's but, that's yeah. my that's that's one of my gripes though, because I mean, I get it. China was you know a great wrestler, great superstar, all that. But what did China do on her own though? I mean, honestly, she I was the first first female intercontinental champion. <sighs> yeah. But that's because she was the only female who actually fought dudes. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that China was, yeah, she was great, 
But I think that without Degeneration X and her involvement, I just don't know kind of is everything be. It is. I mean, I, again, nothing against China, not dissing China at all. And she was a fantastic superstar. Um, I just don't know if China is individually, you know, and again, her career was kind of short, but 90% of everything she did um, was in Degeneration X. That's that's what people knew her as. And if she didn't start with DX, you know, who knows where she would have ended up. So, uh, again, yes, you can make the argument that she should be in anyway, but you can also make the argument that she really, you know, she, she fed off of what happened with DX. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, it's it's one of those things that you battle with, you know, all the time. But um, I, I guess I would have to go back and look at her overall accomplishments individually before I make my final decision on that. But, Granny, I mean, well, Granny, I, what I do you think, think about China? Well, I mean, <clears throat> you know, she was, I mean, she was a big part of, of Degeneration X, and I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of torn between, you know, the two, con- I mean, I'm glad to see her finally get in there, you know, and I mean, yeah, it should have been a long time ago that they should have been, yeah. you know, inducted. I do agree with that. So, I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, I, I, I don't, you know, it isn't, I don't care which way or the other. I'm just glad she's finally getting in there, you know, whether she got in there, yeah. you know, by herself or even with, you know, Degeneration X, you know, it's, she she's getting in there and that's all that and to me that's all that matters, you know. So Well to have her in to have her in is, is great and everything. Uh I, I really don't I don't have an issue with it, honestly. But um the one thing the the one person that I kind of am questioning and the one person that I am you know, I, I heard it um earlier tonight and I heard it last night at the Elimination Chamber and I'm and I'm saying to myself, you know, really? Is Mark Henry? I mean, what do you guys think about Mark Henry? Oh, he well, deserves it to be a champion. I mean, yeah. Everybody, I mean, everybody deserves. You know, if if they're willing to put somebody in the WWE, I mean, you know, I I think you know Mark Henry would be a worthy person to be in there. I mean, he's done a lot for WWE over the years, and I mean. I mean, there there's some people that I kind of have been put in there that I kind of wonder how they got in there, you know, over the years. But, you know, just, well, I mean. My thing is, with Mark Henry, like, I get it. He's an Olympic champion. He's, you know, he's multi-time uh, wrestler and everything, but uh, multi-time, um, you know, world champion and things like that. But, you know, somebody that you – you know, that you as a company basically treated like a 400-pound jobber for the last, you know, six years of his career. Now you're going to want to put him in the Hall of Fame, kind of like, to me, it feels like they're kind of making up for, you know, ruining the, the last part of his career because, really, Mark Henry became the punchline. Mark Henry became the one who, you know, would job out to the young guys, even though he was so huge, 
for like the last eight years. And I remember saying yeah. to myself, it sort of, it sort of got to the point, almost, at least in my opinion, almost as bad as what they did to Kane. Whereas Kane, you know, never really won the title and was always just kind of like, you know, was just kind of there. That's true. Uh, that's yeah, true. that's yeah. very true. He did win the title, though. He beat Stone Cold, remember? Then he lost it the next day. Well, well yeah, he did. But I'm saying they, they they gave a guy who was supposed to be that big and that dominant and that, you know, uh, unstoppable uh, a 24-hour title run. And, you know, to me, he didn't make, you know, as much sense. Um, but Kane, I, I get it, because Kane had so many other – Accomplishments and and big storylines. And, and our, and our yeah, guests yeah. will be on here shortly, guys. Yep, I will. Uh, uh, as soon as they pop in, I'll, I'll put them on. But but Mark Henry, to me, you you you're gonna job a guy out for the last six years of his career and then put him in the Hall of Fame. This it's almost like a ref missing a call and then making a makeup call. Uh, you know, on the next play. That's really what this is to me. Don't get me wrong. I love Mark Henry. I think he's deserving. But I think this was more of the WWE going, hey, you know. We want to apologize for six years of bullshit. So, uh, yes, they are on now. Uh, so I'm going to put them through, Icon. I'm going to let you do what you become so known for, good sir. And I will pop in when necessary. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is our first combatant of the night. And we are going to fall into a burning rain of fire Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Raina Fire. Hey, Raina, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Now, tell me, was that not the best introduction you've ever had? <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> awesome. So uh, here's how this works. Uh, what uh, we do is after I give the uh, guests their, their, their great interview, we have them give us a little background about themselves, and then we ask them some tough questions. So if you want to give us a little background, then we'll talk to you. All right. I uh, started training when I was 16. I'm 20 now. I live in Orlando. Um, I've traveled to a couple states um, throughout the U.S., mostly in uh, the southeast area. Um, I don't know what to say. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll just uh, that, that that was okay. We'll just uh, we'll just kind of uh, go through and uh, we'll. Well, first of all, Icon, can I just say how how lucky she is uh, to live in Orlando? Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty awesome city. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. Uh, not only that, but and you can ask the Icon. He's up there in North Dakota. They have over fifty five zero fifty inches of snow on the ground right now. Whew. And and yeah. here in New York, it's. And and here in New York, it's been snowing all day. So uh, I I got a place in Tampa. I can't wait to get down to Florida in April. So hey you know, so so I'm jealous of her already. I can't jealous of her already. Awesome. So now, as a uh, in your uh, you know time in the business, how many uh, different companies have you worked for uh, in your tenure? Um, that's something that I can't count. <laughs> I've I've well, worked for a, a bunch of figure. Well, who who are you currently wrestling for? I'm sorry, what was that? Who are you currently wrestling for? 
um, a couple a couple different promotions. The major one, if you know a bunch of big names, um, is Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling. Uh, so that's definitely a great company that I work for. But other than that, just a bunch of um, indie companies throughout um, the Central Florida area and heading up towards Georgia, Alabama, and the Carolinas. And when you uh, wrestle, would you consider yourself a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you uh, letting the fans decide what you're going to be that night? <laughs> I'm uh, definitely in-between. Um, it depends how good the fans are to me, honestly. <laughs> we have a... And, uh, and, we have a... and uh, being, being an in-betweeny, uh, do you, uh, do you, uh, stay, uh, uh, as, uh, as a baby face for one region and a heel for the other, or do you go back and forth as an in-between? Um, pretty much back and forth. It, it honestly just depends on, uh, who I'm facing and, uh, how over certain people are and what I'd, uh, be best with for certain companies because different companies run differently. Um, just depends how the audience is and who I'm working that day. And uh, with the, with your wrestling style, uh, do you you know do you consider yourself a uh, a technical wrestler? Yeah, uh, like definitely technical. Hard or are you a high flyer? Probably like a hard hitting technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. So you like you basically like to do the uh, get them down, keep them down, keep kicking them until they can't get up, until they give up because they can't take you, correct? Pretty much. Awesome. Uh, Granny, what do you got for uh, for Rain of Fire? Well, first of all, hello, and I, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan. Um, Granny <laughs> Hulkster is just a gimmick name that was given to me because I so love wrestling. No, I don't like the heels. I give the heels plenty of grief. I mean, as much grief as I can always give them. They dish it out, and I dish it right back to them. So I guess my one question to you is, um, what has been your most challenging match that you've ever done? I My most challenging match. Probably when I wrestled Janai Vertigo and Axe, uh, that that was a match where we were on the outside of the ring, and I was also against uh, two guys as one as, as well as one girl that is a black belt. Um, so that was definitely one of my hardest. Um, other than that, I have faced other females from NXT, so definitely going up against people that have made it in the business is definitely always a challenge. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. (laughs) So worth it. (laughs) Well, you know, you mentioned, you know, you've, uh, you know, that brings me to my next question. You know, you, you mentioned you've, uh, you went up against, uh, you know, gals that made it. Now it's true. The only reason why they made it is because they wrestled you because you made them look better than they can look by themselves. We know (laughs) that. So the question is, 
if you were to get a call from the WWE, and I always ask this to all our independent wrestlers because no one ever asks the answers it the same way, so I'm going to put it to you, two-part question. Uh, mm-hmm. If you were to call, get a call from the WWE and I'll get offered that million-dollar contract, is that something you would want to do? Because as an independent, you know, you basically do what you want, control your own destiny, this and that. The WWE tells you what to do, what you can't do. They basically control all aspects of your life. So part one of the question, is that something you want to do? And part two, if you do get that big contract, would you not big time us and still be your friend and still talk to us? <laughs> I'll answer part two first, definitely. <laughs> definitely still talk to you. Um, not, yeah, definitely still and talk you're, to you. And you are um, willing to drop the restraining order, correct? <laughs> well, not yet, Ike. Let's see how the rest of the interview goes first. It should decide. Okay, all right. <laughs> Um, but with part one, uh, if I were to get that contract, if I would go, I would definitely say it's something that I'm thinking about for the future, but definitely not if I receive the call right now. Uh, I would definitely want to travel. Um, Japan is a huge goal. I want to get into Shine Shimmer. I'm actually checking out Rise tomorrow, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but I definitely want to make it before I make it, if you know what I mean. Uh, I want to travel before I travel um, and just get my name out there uh, supporting independent companies before uh, well, you making wanna, it onto the next level. So you basically want to, uh, you basically want to uh, hone your craft and uh, get all the experience you can before you jump to that next level, basically. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so many people that go into the WWE before they're ready, um, or their blue tryout before they're ready. And, I I would want to be uh, prepared for what I'm getting myself into, especially uh, I know there's young girls in there now, but me being only 20, I want a lot more years under my belt. I want to be able to do a lot more things and meet other people before I'm just walking in pretty much blind. Awesome. I'll tell you what. Being uh, your have, age, uh, uh, who, who, well, who are some of your – inspirations who are some of your uh i guess uh pun intended icons uh when you were growing up and coming up in the business like who did you look up to did you model your style after anybody did you have a favorite wrestler Uh, as far as wrestlers i was a huge jeff hardy fan um jeff hardy and lita um they were they were a couple of my favorites but my dad actually used to wrestle um, back when he was in his early 20s, but back then it really didn't have a future. Like you'd travel to a couple like these shows and uh, work night after night, travel traveling as much as you can and work in front of a couple people, and you re- you really weren't getting as much out of it as you do today. Like there weren't you know the opportunities that they have. Um, so he went on to a professional uh, career um, and stopped that. But I grew up kind of hearing his stories and saw how much love he had for the business. And as a kid, I've always been watching wrestling. So he was definitely an inspiration as well as uh, seeing people in WWE. Uh, Rain of Fire is our guest. we got about uh, 15 minutes here with you. We're going to take a, a brief pause here real quick. Uh, I had sent you a uh, script for a liner. We're going to go ahead and take care of that now. Then I'm going to ask you the real tough questions. All right. Sounds great. Okay, so I'll count you down from five, and then we'll do it. Here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, 
two, one. Hey, this is Regan Fire. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hulkster, and the legend, pretty boy, Doug Masters. That's awesome. You know, and the sad thing is, ever since I started including pretty boy Doug Masters, he has not been on the show to hear it. But, well, uh, he does have some health problems. It's not like he's stiffing us. Yeah, he's oh, been yeah. going through some health issues, you know. I hope so. Um, it, you know, in your, uh, you know, your time in the business, when you decided to uh, uh, say that you were going to go into the wrestling field, um, and you, you know, you you started training. Uh, did you uh, did, did you hire a trainer? Did you go to a school? What got your start in your training? Uh, yeah, so I uh, started training at the Team Vision Dojo in Orlando. I've trained with um, people from NXT, WWE. All that. Uh, there's so many people in the Orlando area that come in and help us. Um, and then now I am training at Pro Wrestling 2.0 in Orlando. Uh, so we also get a bunch of help over there as well. Are you able to uh, Are you able to give us some names of who you uh, you train with, or uh, are you not able to do that? Um, a couple of the names I'm not able to, uh, but uh, some of them if um, that were prior to when they're signed now. Um, Jesus Rodriguez, uh, Lindsay Dorado, um, currently at 2.0. I'm training with uh, Jack, who's on uh, 205 Live, a gentleman Jack right now. Um, mm. Eva Lee, Santana Garrett. Um, I mean, but we uh, we work with a bunch of people. Atomics also helped us a lot um, because in the back I'm speaking to Wes Briscoe, Jesse Neal, Garrett Bischoff, a uh, bunch of people that have come in and help us over there as well. Uh, now you mentioned Garrett uh, Garrett Bischoff. Uh, everybody knows that would be Eric Bischoff's son. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Is he is he still around the area or has he moved on? Um, I'm not too sure if he's around the area, but he is the tag team champion along with uh, Wes Briscoe over at Atomic. So if anyone's in the Cocoa area, uh, those shows are run regularly uh, monthly in that area. So people can check them out there. Now, would you, uh, do you have uh, contact with them? Would you be able to hook us up with any of them? With them, I, um, I'm not too sure. I can always pass on the information, um, but I will give you contact information for Alex Red, who's the promoter of the company, and he okay. has a bunch of contact information with them as well. Awesome. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, I'll have you can text the, send the information to me uh, through Messenger, and then I'll, uh, I'll contact him. Uh, Raina Parr is with us. we got about 15 minutes here left with you. So, now, one thing that we always like to find out is uh, every wrestler has a great finisher. Now, we would like to uh, have you tell us about your finisher, what's involved, what's it called, and then we'll see if one of us would like to volunteer and have you practice it on us. <laughs> 
I don't know about that one, but um, I have. I volunteer the icon for any and all finishers. <laughs> I have uh, a couple different ones. I have what's considered a frog splash from the top rope. Uh, still trying to think of some names, but Firebomb sounds pretty good to me. Um, something called Ignition Submission. You lock your left foot, and if the person's laying on their belly, uh, laying down flat, you lock your left foot, and then you wrap their left arm around past their head, and then wrench up, and then lay on your back so their face is up in the air with their own arms choking them. Um, that's oh. another one. And then I also have another finisher, which is kind of like a stunner, but best way to describe this, I am sitting on the top buckle, and my feet are on the second, and the person is standing on the mat. We're both facing the same direction, and my left arm is wrapped around uh, their neck as if you're pushing your arm out and then to the left, so they're on the left side of me, and then I flip over them, and that's a stunner. <laughs> well, well, um, uh, I think I'll, I'll pass on letting you try that. I was going to say, that sounds kind of painful there, Icon. Of course, that but, might help you know, some uh, with some of your back pain you've been having. So, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was all into it until you started saying that I'd be choking myself out. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I got a great finishing hold too. It's called the junk punch him in the man business. It works great oh, as long as referee's back is firm. <laughs> He's got to come up with a new finishing move, big swing, you know it? I mean, that's kind of getting old. In like a no DQ match or something, he might be all right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, normally I'd be a little pissed if I was his partner and we we lost a match because of that. Uh, We have uh, Raina Party here with us. so, uh, Big Swing, what else you got for our guests? And, uh, Granny, you uh, can start away for more, and then I'm going to hit her with some more tough questions. Well, go ahead, Raina. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, you go first, Granny. Oh, well, I mean, I I pretty much everything else has been asked that I could think of, you know. Um, I just, you know, enjoy being able to listen to our guests, you know, and what they've done, because being that I love wrestling the way I do, you know, and even though I've I've had been threatened to have been thrown in the ring a few times myself just being a fan, but that's okay, you know. So I I'll never get in the ring. I I have too many health issues, so I can't. I could be somebody's manager, but don't want to be in the ring. So go ahead, Big Swing. Well, I guess it, it's kind of funny, Icon. You ask um, all the time, um, you know, if. WWE came calling, you know, would you, would you, you know, take the, the contract? Well, you know, a lot of independents enjoy being independent. They like, you know, the benefits of being able to make their own schedule and things. And uh, like she just said, uh, she, you know, Eric Bischoff's son is, you know, tag team champion in, you know, in, in Atomic. And, you know, the fact that Eric Bischoff's son could, could be in the WWE tomorrow if he so choose uh, to be just because of his last name, uh, the, the fact that he stays where he's at, um, you know, is interesting. So, 
what are some of the things that you enjoy the most about being in the independence uh, segment? I mean, it doesn't sound like you travel too far, so I don't know if, if being on the road is one of them, but um, just about your experiences being in the independent, uh, you know, independent circle, what are some of the things you've enjoyed the most so far? Well, I actually, uh, I do love to travel. It's just, um, it's, it's very hard because it is out of pocket a lot of the time um, traveling. So we do try to stay as close to home as possible just because of traveling expenses. Um, But I, I love the environment that an independent show brings. Um, You get to see a lot of the same faces over and over again, and you get a lot more crowd interaction because if you were, um, in the WWE, everything is so strict. And what I love about the independent shows is we basically get to make what we want to make out of it. Like if I want to do, if I want to get in a fan space, I can. If I want to do outside ring stuff, like uh, if if I want to throw people into posts on the outside, I can do it. If I want to um, do whatever I want to do in the ring, if I want to try something new, if I want to do a new gimmick, um, if I if I want to speak at a certain time, like it's you have your own freedom. That's the, that's the best part about um, independent wrestling is you get to work with different people in different environments, and it's it's just it's independent shows are just a blessing it's your own freedom and you get to basically create who you want to be instead of someone saying this is who i need you to be well is there a lot more freelancing involved like for instance you said that you know if you want to throw somebody in the post or whatnot then you can if you want to do this whatnot you can um is there as much match prep you think that goes into it like i mean if you have to get the idea early in the week and then your opponent you get in touch with them say hey i'm going to do this or is there a lot of just like in ring, you whisper to them, hey, I'm going to do this right now. It's a lot more like freelance, off the cuff type stuff. Um, it can be either or. Most of it, I would say, we got about an hour to talk to each other, uh, give or take. Um, there's definitely uh, some shows will like communicate a couple of days um, in advance, but for the most part, it's within the hour or during the match itself um, because the best part about it is if anything does go wrong in the match because I've been in matches where people have gotten injured um, or I've been in matches where ropes or I've actually seen a lot of matches lives where uh, ropes have broken during the match like as someone was going for a springboard the ropes just plummeted under them Uh, so when you're at an independent show it's a lot easier to go off the top uh, with something you can basically think on your feet um, and it's, it, in my opinion it's a lot easier than having to go move by move and so to speak now when you uh when you wrestle now do you ever do any uh gimmick matches do you ever do any tag team matches um i i do tag team matches um a couple I mean, I've done no DQ matches. I've done uh, triple threat matches. I've done uh, false count anywhere. I've I've done a lot, but it's mostly just singles. But they range. And do you have a um, do you have a a favorite uh, 
type of uh, match that uh, you want to do that you haven't done yet, or is there any type of match that you won't do that they've asked you to do that you won't do? Um, I, as ironic as it sounds, I probably wouldn't do a table, ladders, chairs match, but I would do a hardcore match. As ironic huh. it is, as it is. So, you, so you'd rather be you'd rather be hit with anything else but 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 a chair or a table. I mean, I've taken suplexes on uh, gym floors. I've taken bumps on cement. Like, I I love using um, other props, but I think it's a lot safer than being thrown through a table or climbing on top of a ladder and it being flown. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. Cool. Uh, Rain of Fire is with us. We got about five minutes here left with it with you. Um, Best five minutes ever. Then when you oh, yeah. uh, when you uh, how often do you wrestle? Do you uh, try and wrestle once a week, once every other week, a couple times a month, uh, once every other month? How often do you like to get booked? Oh well, I train at least uh, three times a week in the gym. Uh, I mean, not in the uh, in the ring. And then the rest of the time uh, in the gym, but I get booked uh, one to two times a week for the most part. Um, but it's normally it's normally once a week um, on the weekends. And but I love to wrestle as much as I can. That's that's awesome. Now, you know, you mentioned that that you, you know. Because because of the expense and the uh, because mostly it comes out of your pocket, do you eventually want to travel uh, farther out, or do you plan on just always sticking around the uh, the home area there? Oh no, I definitely um, want to travel out. I'm actually um, in communications with uh, people from England right now, so that would be really cool. Um, but I'm always looking to get um travel to different states i mean talk to people from illinois ohio um carolinas um texas and then i think there's another one in california um so i'm definitely wanting to travel i just want to make sure that i am with people because the more people you bring the easier it is to get over there um and then just trying to figure out a good time and what's the best way to get over there and making sure it doesn't interfere with work and, you know, life. Well, I have a friend in Oklahoma that does independent wrestling shows for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for a Cause, and we have a few female wrestlers there at WSC. Maybe you can come to Oklahoma sometime. Absolutely. That would be great. I, I, I have a lot of working I, I have a lot of friends that wrestle in Texas. I know you mentioned Japan earlier, and I've had several of my wrestling friends actually go wrestle in Japan off and on, you know, different times, you know, and everything. And they said it was an awesome experience for them. Uh, I've even got one friend in Texas. I think he's even went over into England and and things like that to wrestle as well. So. Um, he, but he's he's done some and he's done some wrestling for New Japan too. So he said that was a pretty awesome experience for him. So 
But I like uh, what you said Green. about the. I liked what you said about the independent shows because, as a from a fan's perspective, I love being able to interact with the wrestlers that I like. I do. I mean, I actually cut. I actually cut a promo last weekend, guys, at WFC. I shared it on my Facebook page with one of our wrestlers at WFC. I saw that. Called the Magnificent <laughs> Malico. That was fun. That was a fun <laughs> video. And he was a good sport. He was a good sport about the whole thing. But that was a fun video. That I really enjoyed doing that. Which is something fact, that Granny wouldn't... Well, you wouldn't be able to do that in WWE. You know what I'm saying? So, no, yeah. no. I wouldn't be able to do that in WWE. Yeah. But one of my friends actually commented on that video he said that I cut a better promo than half of the WWE roster does so I took that as a compliment so that to uh, me that was a huge compliment that's pretty awesome uh, of is with us we, we, uh, we're going to wrap this up here uh, our next guest will be calling in but uh, before we uh, let you go uh, do you have uh, so our fans can keep uh, track with you uh, do you have a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a Twitter? You got a YouTube? What do you got up? Yeah, so my uh, Facebook is Callie Topper, K A L L E E T O P P E R. Um, that's my real name. Uh, you can also follow my Facebook fan page at Reagan Fire, R A E G A N F I R E. Um, and then my Instagram is Callie Marie, same way spelled Callie, and then Marie. And then Twitter is Callie uh, underscore Topper. And then, uh, of course, our friends. Okay. Just writing this down for the. Okay. Just writing this down for the. Our friends, this was coming. I have to ask you a couple eagle questions for you. The icon had made you a cool collector's card. What did you think of that? The, the that that uh, wrestling collector's card I made for you. I sent it to you. Oh, that was great. And then, uh, if you can, uh, do you think you uh, might be able to send us some uh, autographs for giveaways uh, for our uh, for our Christmas show that we got coming up? <laughs> Absolutely. Just let me know uh, whatever uh, promos you want, and I'll get them printed out and sent to you. Well, of course, you know, we need to have you sign one of the icon, and then if you can do four others, that'd be cool. I'll uh, I'll send you an address, and then uh, whenever you can get them out to us, we, uh, we'd we appreciate it. All right. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. We uh, thank you for taking time out of your schedule, and I appreciate that you're, gonna, that you're willing to drop the restraining order as long as I stop calling you at 2 in the morning. I appreciate that. <laughs> And uh, it'll be uh, it'll be awesome, and you've been awesome, and uh, hopefully, uh, if we haven't scared you too much, you'll be willing to join us again. Of course, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Thanks for being on. Awesome. Thank you. Rain of fire, ladies and gentlemen. If you fell into the rain of fire, you know you've just been burned, ladies and gentlemen. Rain of fire. All right. Yep. And that, that was cool. Um, she seemed uh, she seemed very humble. Hmm? She'll be calling in from the Netherlands, so she should be gone soon. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll look, I'll look for it here. Uh, I'm just watching one of her matches here, Santana Garrett versus Reagan. I was kind of watching that while I was uh, while I was listening to it. And, uh, and it's, it's, 
it's interesting to watch uh, the independent circle. It's so much different for the product. You know, uh, I, I kind of like Ronda Rousey's outfit that she's wearing tonight. It's kind of awesome. But anyway, uh, as, uh, as long as we are waiting for our guests, I'll, I'm going to let everybody know who's coming on next week. Uh, we have uh, Barbara Goodish. Uh, she is the widow of the late, great, legendary Bruiser Brody. Uh, she's going to be on with us. Uh, we're going to have uh, Casey Lennox, uh, the school of hard knocks. Lennox is going to be with us. And Travis Mayhem. Uh, one of the up-and-coming official referees that's going to pin us up and pin us down for the three count next week. So, yeah. But we're going to have fun. Uh, and uh, the calendar is now booked through November on this show. So if uh, people think we're going away, we're not. So there. Ha, ha, ha. For all you people that uh, think that the icon uh, is not up to up to the task. The icon waiting for this number. This is going to be a overseas uh, number, or is she, or is she using her cell phone while over there? Uh, well, she's from the Netherlands, so. Oh, okay. So it'll be an out of uh, overseas number. Okay. Okay. Making sure, making sure. Um, now, uh, a lot of rematches tonight on Raw also. I mean, we saw Lashley uh, go, going at it with Finn Balor again. Now we see a rematch, Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in the tables match. Obviously, this was a match that happened last night. Ronda Rousey got the win over Ruby Riot, but this is a rematch of last night's affair. So, uh, yeah, a lot of rematches here tonight on Raw so far. You know, I had to laugh, guys. My son told me something that he saw last night in the Elimination Chamber. You know that I'm not a big fan of, of Baron Corbin. And I like no, to call him Boring Corbin. Boring Corbin. Yes. Well, I guess somebody had made a sign last night and held up a sign at the pay-per-view that said Boring Corbin. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Because that's what uh, I call him all the time is Boring he, Corbin. So I thought that was kind of funny. He, you know, either somebody things, somebody either shares your sentiment or they listen to the show, and, and that was a tribute to you. It's one of the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny, so I thought that was quite funny. So You know, funny. one of my favorite things last night was how Bobby Lashley uh, uh, beat up his uh, ring announcer guy. Uh, oh, Leo Rush. <laughs> Oh my! Now, I don't like that's another thing. They I they bring Bobby Lashley back. Him. Well, I remember when Lashley first started. Obviously, he was one of those unstoppable monster type of guys too. They bring Lashley back, and I mean, is it me or has Lashley been like largely underwhelming since come back? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I don't think it's you. I mean, I mean, it just seems uh, like Lashley is constantly losing these matches and I mean with his body type and with, with him and everything you remember Bobby Lashley left because he didn't like his creative you know his creative development he didn't like what they were doing with his character and now to you know lose as much as he is you know it, it's got to be I, I'm just I'm just wondering how much longer we're going to see Bobby Lashley I don't know 
Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, Baron Corbin can uh, can take a long walk off a short pier, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, you, you know. missed it. I don't know if you were doing your sleep study, if you noticed any uh, commercials or advertisements for what's going on uh, in the next coming weeks here. But uh, there's going to be the long-anticipated, long-awaited, we're not sure what show yet, but the long-anticipated and long-awaited return of Kevin Owens. Oh, my God. Fight Owens, fight Owens, fight. Oh, no. Horrible, horrible, horrible. So, yeah, so he'll be uh, he'll be back pretty soon. He's not, they're not sure if he's going to be on SmackDown or on yet. But, yeah, fight Owens, fight's going to be back. Uh, he made the, uh, made the announcement at the Elimination Chamber, actually, at the pay-per-view, that he was going to be back. So, it should be fun uh-huh. times. Well, you know, I can't seem to get a hold of our, our second guest, so we'll just keep talking until uh, our third guest calls in. So, so Big Swing, what did you think of that video that I did last weekend with Malico? I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I mean, it was a uh, it was a it was a promo that kind of I wasn't quite sure when I saw you on the camera. I wasn't quite sure, you know, what your role was going to be, and. Then you, uh, went off and did that I was like oh wow you know like it was it was it was good I really enjoyed it well see this the storyline behind all of this is is um Paul beat Tim Rockwell for the WFC championship the magnificent yeah. Malico and Malico came out with a like a, a tire like on the rim I mean like a real tire not just the tire with but I mean the tire with the rim metal rim and everything and he was going to throw it on Paul Puerto Rico. Well, Arrow Kid, who is Paul Puerto Rico's real son in real life, got in the ring and he's like protecting Paul and he's like waving his arm, like, no, 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 you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Well, Malico puts the tire down and he's standing there staring at Arrow Kid. Well, all of a sudden, he takes Arrow Kid by the hand walks out of the ring with Arrow Kid, and Arrow Kid turns around and looks at Paul. Well, the storyline got created that Arrow Kid was now going to be with Malico. Malico was basically going to be Arrow Kid's new daddy. And they were doing different videos. They had one playing in football in the field. They had one, like, at Christmas time, opening a present. Then they had one where Arrow Kid was sleeping. And Malico laid down and starts sucking his thumb like a baby. Well, that's what oh, gave me the idea. <laughs> that's what gave me the idea to get the pacifier. So I went to Dollar General that day before the show, and I bought a pacifier. So you know, when he comes over, you know, magnificent. Mal- and you know, he's always wanting me to give him a kiss. I don't know why, but he's always wanting me to give him a kiss. And okay. so when I told him he had to close his eyes, he's like, oh, is it going to be a Frencher? And he sticks his tongue out at me. <laughs> you know, when I'm talking to him, he's trying to smooch his lips out at me and everything, you know. And so, you know, I told him, I said, now, I said, you know, I got a good luck charm for you for your match tonight, you know, against Paul Puerto Rico. And we go on and on and on. I said, now, you can't peek, you know, no peeking. So I'm going to pin this to your suspenders. And he's like, ooh, that tickles, you know, and and everything. So I said, 
And then I reminded him about the video, you know, that he did with Arrowkit, and he and he starts sucking his thumb. I said, you know, sucking your thumb's not a really good thing here, you know. But so when you lose your belt tonight, you're going to start crying, and you're going to need something a lot better than that thumb. And then I kind of, he looks down and I move my hand. I said, oh, look, it ha- looks like it has a clown on it. And he grabs that pacifier. <laughs> and he says, and I said, that's what's going to happen when you, when Paul Puerto Rico beats you, because you're going to need that, because you're going to start crying when Paul Puerto Rico beats you. And he takes his belt back and gets Arrow Kid back. And then he says, well, I'm coming out. Yeah, I'm going to beat him in the ring. And then I'm coming after you so that you won't smooch me, Granny, you know. And so I told I told the kids I said oh I said maybe he needs this right now you know I'm like open wide and he went to say something and I just popped that pacifier right in his mouth <laughs> oh boy and he stands there and starts sucking on that pacifier and all of a sudden he the, and then the kids start chanting cry baby Malico cry baby Malico I mean I had tons of people around me for this I mean watching this video it was so much fun. And he grabs Arrow Kid and runs off and starts crying like a baby, and that's you know how it ended. But it, I tell you, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I I had a lot of fun doing that. It sounds I like mean, it's better than anything WWE right now, storyline wise. Well, I tell you, but um, but when my when friends made that comment, I was like, I was very humbled by that. I was like, you know, I've shared it with several people that um have wanted to see it and everything, but it, it was pretty fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed doing it. He was a good sport about it, so. Is that sort of where you, uh, is that sort of where you share the sentiment with, uh, with Reagan Fire, who was just on about how the interaction with the crowd and interaction with, mm-hmm. the, with mm-hmm. the superstar. Oh, yeah. Can, can oh, really, yeah, with yeah. the wrestlers, yeah, yeah. So, because that was like that was done. That was done during actually during intermission. That was actually when they were taking an intermission. That was actually done like at intermission when I did that video. But, but I still, at, you know, at an at an independent show, you know, you you are allowed to have that interaction. I mean, the wrestlers. I mean, I've been at shows. I was at a show in Kansas City. We were outside at a baseball field at a wrestling show. They had a ring set up on the baseball field up there in Kansas City at the T-Bones Baseball Park. And this was, let's see, this was almost three years ago because it was because it was the weekend before my birthday. It was like the 27th of August, and I had to have my other knee replacement surgery on my birthday that year. So we went to Kansas City for that wrestling show. And one of the female wrestlers that I know, she's a really good friend of mine, her name's Lucy Mendez. She's always the heel. I mean, always the bad girl when it comes to wrestling. I mean, she actually literally threw a water bottle at me. You know, we're always told as fans we can't throw things at the wrestlers. <laughs> she yeah. threw a water bottle at me, and it hit my stomach. And this kid, Granny, are you all right? Or he didn't even know how I was. He's like, Granny, are you okay? Did she hurt you? And I said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But, you know, but they they holler at me. They get in my face, and I just... I holler right back, you know, but I thought you were starting <laughs> we to say something. <laughs> there we go. Well, Lady's not going to take no crap. Our secondary guest I don't think is going to make it, so we'll just wait for uh, our third guest. Uh, he he uh, he just confirmed, so he'll be calling in the next few minutes. But, uh, you know, Granny, i got to let you know, uh, you know, you had uh, 
you know, you had a, appeared in a, a, a cool magazine, you know, and you sent a couple autographed copies uh, and one to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have uh, I have a little friend that uh, listens to the show, and uh, I presented him with a copy of the autograph magazine that you autographed, and I framed it for him, and it now hangs on his wall. Uh, wow, he, that's awesome. I I can't uh I can't say his name because of the of the uh whatever you want to call it uh client privilege thing but uh he yeah. wanted me to thank him personally and oh, uh well, he, that is it's now one of his prized possessions. Well, tell him he is very quite welcome. I mean, I that was actually our WFC magazine that we put out for every show for all the VIP holders. They always get one of those magazines when they come to the VIP matches, and that was our November show. And I was actually quite humbled because um, I was the second person to be chosen for that honor. Uh, the first one was a young man that uh, comes to our shows faithfully and he was the first one and I was the second one and they do it oh every two or three months so they'll, they'll pick someone for the WFC fan of the month so, uh, if so I, you know I'd I'd be willing to uh, I'd be willing to pay the postage on these uh you know I mean not autographed or anything but you know I'd like to I'd like to get copies of these you know for my collection you know Okay. Well, I can, I mean, I can, I know we've got some older copies that um, they were trying to sell at um, the Christmas show, I think. They were trying, they had some for sale, like, they're normally like um, $3 when somebody just wants to buy one, but they were, they had a bunch of older copies um, from from previous shows that they were selling for like a dollar. I'll when I go, let's see, Tahlequah, March 9th, we'll have WFC again. Um, I'll I'll check with Tim Rockwell and see if we have any um, older. Yeah, what, yeah, whatever you can do. Editions, gotta, and gotta, I'll see what I I'll see what I can come up with for you. So. Yeah, because I got a lot of uh, charity events coming up that uh, I can donate those to. Uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff for breast cancer awareness and, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Roger Maris Golf Tournament and uh, uh, Kiwanis. Uh, you know, I, I unfortunately didn't win the uh, the Golden Pancake Flipper Award this year, but I did win the uh, Coffee Pour of the Year Award. Uh, it's kind of a dubious honor, but I'm proud of that. Uh, you know, I do stuff for uh, vet, uh, VFW veterans and uh, AMVETs mm-hmm. and uh, – you know, I, I go to a lot of these events, and they're always looking. Wait, you uh, said coffee, coffee pour, coffee pour of the year, right? Like, exactly. so, so you're a good. He was good, going. Around, he was going around pouring coffee for everybody. It's pancake breakfast. It sounds like. Well, what I'm saying is, you make a mean cup of coffee, then. I sure do. Yep. Okay. Okay. I have to check that out. Do you like it black? You put anything in it, cream and sugar and all that. Well, no, they 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 add that on their own, but no, you like when you drink coffee. Uh, well, or do you not? Uh, if, if anybody needs to know how to make the perfect cup of coffee, what it is is it's uh, uh, three packs of sugar, 
three packs of non-dairy creamer. That's how you make the Icon cup of coffee, just like that. Huh. I just okay. use French. I just use French vanilla creamer in my coffee, or hazelnut well, sometimes. Ever since I had gastric bypass, I can't have dairy products. So I have to have ah, okay. Well, I was going to say, too, though, I never understood the point of what they call non-dairy creamer because, I mean, cream is dairy. So how is it cream if it's non-dairy? That, that, that's my question. Like, what's it made of? It's a powder, <laughs> not a liquid. Yeah, it's oh. a powder. It's so, so it's a non-dairy creamer powder, so. Oh, okay. Huh. So our our next guest should be calling in here shortly. Whenever uh, uh, he's ready, we'll um, introduce. Yeah, whenever it whenever it pops on, we'll uh, we'll get it we'll get a crack of lack in here. But so there's rumor, guys, that after WrestleMania, Ronda Rousey is gonna be. Uh, she only had, despite having the multi-year contract. She's then going to be put onto a Brock Lesnar type of contract where Ronda Rousey is going to be wrestling very sporadically, um, you know, and, and very part-time because apparently she wants to start a family with her husband. Um, do you think Charlotte Flair takes the title from her at WrestleMania or do you think we're going to have two part-time world champions? Oh, God. Well, uh, Brock Lesnar is not going to ha- hold the title past WrestleMania. We know this. Um, so that's, that's that, but, uh, yeah, I just don't want to see him give it to Seth Rollins though. Well, you know, I'm bored with uh, Seth Rollins. Like, you know, I know it's too, bad for you, I mean, it's too bad for you that Edge can't wrestle anymore. It, it, you know, it is too bad because, you know, just, just imagine, just imagine WrestleMania, right? Okay. And, and, and I want you guys to actually do this while, while, while we're waiting for our guest to actually like follow follow along with me here, okay? So Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins are doing their thing, and you know uh, the, the the match is the match is about to happen, okay? The match is about to be set, or it, it could even already be in progress, let's say, okay? And and it's a good match, it's a WrestleMania quality match, and all this, and you know, and the crowd is into it and everything. I mean, all of a sudden, you just hear this. You think you know me. I mean, just imagine the pop. Imagine the crowd pop. And then not only that, but imagine... imagine Edge comes to the ring. Let's say he spears Brock Lesnar, you know, five or six times. And then he spears, you know, Seth Rollins. And then he, you know, he just, just imagine him winning the belt impromptu at WrestleMania. Uh, it, it just, 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 whenever that music hits, does, whenever that You Think does, You Know Me comes on. You, does it give you goosebumps going up your arms there, big swing? I mean, every time, every, well, every time I hear this, every time I hear, you think you know me? It, it, it just, it just makes me tingle a little bit somewhere. <laughs> it always. Well, I think that would be, I think that would be awesome because, 
I mean, I hate Brock Lesnar. And anybody that can beat Brock Lesnar, I'm happy with that. So, yeah, I mean, even though Seth Rollins is pretty cool right now, too. And I, Seth, Seth Rollins, Rollins sucks. Okay. I'm bored with Seth I mean, Rollins. I, I, well, you know, I didn't like Seth Rollins for a while. But, you know, he's okay now. But, but yeah, I mean, to see Edge come back after all these years, yeah, that would be that would be pretty awesome. I would enjoy that. You know, and that. the thing is, I mean, the thing about Yeah, but I don't want old Edge. I want, like, 2006 Edge back. Well, you know, I know, I know. The Edge song that you always play, though, that ain't my favorite Edge song. I didn't like his first one either. The "Ain't Gonna Stop Me" one is my favorite one that he used to have. When he that was, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one too. Like how we do have our guest on with us. We'll talk a little bit more about how much uh, you know more awesome WrestleMania would be with an Edge return uh, if we have some time. Uh, But uh, I'm gonna pop them through, and you can do. Your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he gives meaning to the word living legend. We tonight have caught a tiger by the tail. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Tiger Conway Jr. Hey, Tiger, how are you? Hello, how are you? Hey, this is Tiger Conway Jr., NWA legend. Two times. Was that not the best in-ring introduction you've ever had? Hey, that's it. Thank you very much. Awesome. So uh, what we'll do here, uh, now that I've introduced you, we'll have you give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, ask you some questions. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, in your um, you uh, you you know you mentioned you're an NWA uh, NWA legend, and we know this. Uh, how long <laughs> were you with the NWA? Wow, I was a teenager, 1972. Started when you were 16, 17, 18. Right, 19 years old. <laughs> and uh, you wrestled, uh, let's see, you started when you were 19, and you wrestled, uh, I believe you had uh, you, well, you had a long uh, tenure in the business. It was around 20, 30 years, wasn't it? Yes, sir. That's right. And right, right. Uh, you know, in your in your you know in your time, you know, you faced many combatants. Who would you say? Uh, uh, well, no, not who would you say? Because I'm going to have uh, Granny answer this one. Ask that one. But who was the, your first match against? Uh, and where was it? And when was it? <laughs> Guess what? First match was uh, Sam Houston Coliseum. A man named Frank Gorilla Marconi. <laughs> what a what a tough guy. And it got tougher than that. Uh, after that, straight to Dallas, Texas, Fritz von Erica, uh, Danny Pletchers, Mike Pedusas. After that, Dick Grains. It didn't look any better for me, I tell you. Nothing but <laughs> some of, some of the So how did you get the name Tiger? Did you come up with that, or was that given to you? Well, 
I, I, I thought about a few names, and uh, my father was named Tiger, and sitting around the the home there and with the second generation being one of the boys and looking at Luthes and Luther Lindsay as a little baby and uh, many of the, the tough men uh, coming through back and forth back then. It didn't get any better than that, I tell you, back in the day as a young baby. Paul Bosch what? and Danny Hodgelim and all of these guys, you know, it, it was – it, it was really something to see all auto coos, you know. It, it, it was really uh, something to see all these really legends and men. It didn't get any better than that. I mean, you know, it, it was it was really a array of some of the toughest wrestlers in the business back then. Don Leo, Jonathan, and uh, Killer Kowalski. <laughs> and it was really something. The headliners. Uh, well, you mentioned you know, Fritz Von Erich. The whole, the whole Von Erich family was tough. I mean, Fritz just being one of them, but, yeah, that yep. uh, to be so early on in your career and have a Von Erich you're going against, that had to be brutal as well. Joe Blanchard and Vern Gagne, I mean, it didn't get any – it didn't – Eddie Grant, I mean, it didn't get any better. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. I said, I'd, I'd never whoop any of these guys. I mean, it, 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 it never changed. And I learned, I learned a lot, and I, I never – had an opportunity to say anything but hi, and they just looked at me and growled, you know, and that's that's why I said I I I said what name could I ever be, and I mean is it a mm. <laughs> I said Dad I said can you beat in these guys? He said I, I've never had a, I don't even have a chance to wrestle them, you know, and he said all I can do is work out, you know, and he it was uh, back then, you know, early sixties and oh. I just, I said, wow, would I ever get a chance to wrestle him? I mean, I just dreamed and dreamed and dreamed and had an opportunity to headlocks and holes. They stretched me every time I looked up, you know, screaming and hollering headlocks. Never could say nothing. Ah, please. <laughs> then got to Canada and, uh, you know, same thing. Uh, Stu Hart in Montreal and, uh I learned how to wrestle, I tell you. I really did. I learned. And you wouldn't believe uh, my partners. Uh, I was so amazed and so happy to have learned from some of the greatest. Larry Simon and, oh, unbelievable. Danny Hodge. And they were the greatest wrestlers in my eyes, as I can say. I can go down the list. I saw some of the greatest matches I ever seen. 30 minutes, or 45 minutes of nothing but wrestling. And I saw now, the best matches. <clears throat> you know, you, you know, you had mentioned, you know, Fritz von Eric. I was kind of yes. curious when when you were with Fritz, and uh, you know, you met. I'm sure you met everybody in the von Eric family. What <laughs> what are what were they like? What was Fritz like? Well, we were we were we were kids. I mean, you know, their father had, uh, you know, they, you know, in school they, you know, they 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 were very well respected, as I saw the gentlemen and fathers that back then, and they carried themselves in the state of Texas, 
and they were respected by the dignitaries and the governors and, you know, the dignitaries around Congress, representatives, and it was really something to see if you ever were in the state. Business, professional, college, and uh, businessmen. Also, some of the heavy uh, politicians. And uh, Atkinson and uh, AKA, Bon Eric, SMU, Board of Directors, Six Flags Over Texas as a kid. Pretty bad, you know, pretty good. <laughs> the Von Eric boys was very well taken care of, you know. They had a good life. And then bought Lake, uh, Lake Diamond. Yes. Tiger Conway Jr. is our is our guest here. We got uh, about uh, forty five minutes here left. With you. Well, forty because uh, they'll, they'll probably cut us out early. But we're going to take a, a quick time out here. Uh, I sent you a script uh, for a liner. We're going to go ahead and take care of that now. Then we'll uh, then we'll get into the heart of the interview. I'll uh, yeah. if you're ready to do that. Okay. I'll count you down for five. We'll go ahead and do that. Yes. All right. Here we go. Ready? Five. Okay. Four. Three. Two. We ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you want me to continue? Yeah, go ahead with the uh, liner. Go ahead. Yeah, I, as I was saying, you know, it, it, it's it's like a, a fairy tale, but uh, you know, uh, the boys uh, uh, being in college, my uh, myself in, in high school, they were very well known, you know, and uh, very very well respected, and uh, to start. Uh, into the business, uh, being around their fathers at first and, uh, the name in the high schools and, and then to college, very well known as the city was growing the state. Uh, also, uh, Fritz had, uh, as a heel was over. I mean, big time, big time. He, 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 he just, Healed so strong over the baby faces and my father, you know, and uh, most of the babies, he just ate them up, you know, and strong, I mean, strong heel. And, uh, you know, he ate, up, ate them up just so, so fast and beat them up. It's just very, very strong. Put over, you know, hard. And, I mean, big time. He was made, you know. And that claw, the claw was over. And very convincing, <laughs> convincing. The television, you know, the black and white, and then to color. That's the thing. That's the thing. And you to see right. that, you know, developing of that, you know, you know, the lines of people coming, you know, it was something. And we come from Houston, 250 miles, man. And then, you know, the. Uh, the building was so small, you know, it was sell out, sell out so fast, week after week. That was something. And to see the development of it, you know, unbelievable. It was so small at first and then continued to grow, grow, grow. And I watched that, you know, and then 250 miles from Houston to back and forth, back and forth. And that's how I learned by watching that my father taught me. To just you know pay attention 
and the guys would tell me, you know, certain ones, the baby faces and the heels from one place to the next in each town. And I learned that way, you know, and kept my mouth shut. And I was training in my own way and learning to wrestle. Uh, and there was no wrestling in the, in the Texas State well, High School. The closest place was Oklahoma. And uh, the state of Texas would not allow it in high school. And most of the boys coming through their fathers, uh, Oklahoma and then uh, Florida, Iowa, they had wrestling. And I would train with them. And then, you know, otherwise I'd have uh, my own little little fights and uh, wrestle with uh, my classmates. And I'd beat them because I knew how to stretch them in in a certain way without, you know, hurting them too bad in home. And some of the wrestlers, the boys, uh, you know, play with each other or in a certain way without hurting each other because we knew how to wrestle uh, all the styles, freestyle, the Greco-Roman, and, you know, it was fun. And uh, Tiger Conway Jr. is our guest <clears throat> here. Um, so, you know, having a, you know, a father that is that a legend, you know, yes. and going to uh, watching uh, your father wrestle when you were a kid and uh, hanging around, you know, I'm sure you got to hang around the locker rooms and uh, meet a lot of uh, legends uh, yourself. Yes. Who would you say was the the biggest thrill uh, of a legend uh, in wrestling that you met as a kid? Well, like I say, uh, the, the top guys were the, the champ. Uh, Luthez uh, was spent a lot of time in a lot of territories uh, coming in and out, you know, defending those the championship and uh, also Hodge at a certain time. And then they went against each other, too. And I saw the Broadways, you know, and wondering who would win. And it did not change, you know, uh, at the time when they did finally go against each other. But this and, uh, you know, uh, that was really something to see. Uh, this and uh, Don Leo, Jonathan, and Kowalski go against each other so many times, you know. Unbelievable back in the day, you know, the 70s and early 69, late 69, and I heard like, uh, you know, 60s or something come in middle, 68, in 1960-something, we were went to Canada, the French guys, you know, something. It was really something to see that, you know. But it was so exciting, so exciting to see the the way that the guys could really work and, and then go against each other. That uh, was very, very exciting. Gagne and the AWA also. And Rogers at the time. And then, you know, uh, I, I, I had so much respect for them and the way that they carried themselves compared to today and the way it is, you know, I, I can really see 
that and uh, it's a big difference it is so big again so different but uh i i i i really love wrestling and the second generation wrestlers uh, the families you know i have nothing but respect for the the boys the the families the girls and the boys and uh, i was uh, taught that uh, uh, Granny, what's, um, what, uh, what do you got for our guest? Big Swing, go ahead. What do you guys got? Well, um, this is Granny Holkster, and, and I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan of the sport. I mean, have been for, for many years. I, I love to watch wrestling. What hmm. has been one of your most challenging matches you ever had in your career? <laughs> I had an opportunity to train with uh, – Luthes early, and I had a chance to wrestle Valentine. I had a chance to break in with Ric Flair. I groomed Ric Flair before he was champion. And also I wrestled Terry Funk, Dory. And it was something uh, I also wrestled Jack Brickstow. Briscoe, 30 minutes. And he beat me 29 minutes. <laughs> that, wow. That was something. I, I, I really learned a lot from Jack and also Jerry Briscoe. I have nothing but respect for those real wrestlers. <laughs> I, and also the champs. I, I tell you, we've had some of the greatest champions to respect. Respectfully holding the world's titles in the business back in the day for the boys, I tell you. We had the best. And I tell you, if the guys today had the opportunity to be with those men, they would really understand what I'm saying as a second-generation kid of the former legends and, and the boys, fathers, they would know that they owe all that they have today to those men of yesterday, the forefathers. And it should be carried that way, always. Because I know they, you mentioned they Dan. The, they were the best. Huh? Yeah. I know you Say mentioned Danny Hodges. I know you mentioned Danny Hodges' name several times. I had the opportunity to actually get to meet Danny Hodge yeah. a couple of years oh. ago at an independent wrestling show. He was an awesome, awesome man, very awesome. Oh, oh my God! What, unbelievable! What a man! <laughs> I mean, he, he could, could still squeeze it. an apple in his hand. I mean, you know, but yes, yes, he, he was yes. Ama- He was amazing. Absolutely amazing. He could do it. He could do it. He could do anything. <laughs> I tell you. Very convincing. There's, there's uh, Tiger Conway Jr. is our guest here. Uh, the living legend, Tiger Conway Jr. Big Swing, what do you got for, uh, what do you got for our legend? I had the mic on. I had the mic on mute because I had other, other stuff going on in here. I didn't want any noise to come through. Um, well, I, I didn't really get much of a chance to, you know, obviously w- with, with my age, get a chance to watch much of the, you know, much of the NWA, but obviously I've, I've heard a lot about it and I've heard, you know, uh, uh, throughout, 
you know, um, throughout WWE history, they, they've they've mentioned it. Um, I guess Granny had a good question, you know, when when she said, uh, you know, one of your toughest matches. But when you when you came into the business, um, it, I mean, it had to be overwhelming for you at first. But do you think that the learning curve back then is a lot different and a lot steeper than perhaps the learning curve is now for somebody just getting into the business? Like, oh, like do you think yeah. that, I guess necessarily guys were tougher back then per se? Yes. You know, yeah. and then, you know, that most of the guys didn't when they seen it, but the part is uh, I had an opportunity. I, I worked with George Scott and uh, George Scott uh, saw me. And when he saw that Lutez uh, had put a bug in my ear and, mentored mentored me and uh, uh, he saw that uh, I knew how to work from the bottom up and technically and mechanically and I knew what the foundation was and building of that and then also uh, when I found out so many that I did I didn't mention a lot of names and it kind of hurts me today but I'm a man and I understand how the different of the color is that a guy would not want to give it back to you and say that that happened, that this black man did show them that because he knew in his second generation that it had to come that way because of the foundation of building up all the way into the top, from the bottom up, not from the top down. And those tools that you need to go to work you got to have all of that every time, and you have to do that to be successful, and that's what the champions have. And I did that. I didn't mention the names. I did Ricky Steamboat also. I did Rick Martell. I polished them good, and I knew how. And they were missing certain things, and I gave them that. And it was left up to me to do that, but I saw what they need. And when George Scott saw that in me, and he saw that I wasn't egotistically, you know, stuck, stuck on myself, and that my father had taught me to give, give back to get some, I did it because I knew that we all had to learn to get there. And that's what it did. And so many and my team partners, I ended up with all of them, you know, young and old as they finished their careers. And I saw myself one day being older too, like they were, that they were, you know, putting guys over as they finished their career. And I said, wow, I see what it's all about. And, you know, uh, I said, this is what it's all come down to. And, you know, I feel happy. And no matter what, I learned that. And I never felt bad because we all are in it together. And that's what it takes. And I learned about saying, Thank you, and shaking the hand, and it's a sports, and we're supposed to be in a fraternity, and brother, thank you very much. 
when it's over. And we go one way and you go the other, you know, and then see you later, you know. Thank you very much. Thanks for putting me over. Thanks for helping me get over. You know, you had mentioned, you know. Yeah, you know, you had mentioned, you know, know, polishing Ric Flair and Rick DeMondo Martel and all all those guys that, you know, became legends in this great sport in our business. Yes. With all that you taught them and helped them to progress mm-hmm. in the business, did you ever mm-hmm. uh, run into them again, or did they ever call you and say, thank you for what you did for me? Or were you never looking for uh, the glory of teaching them? You were just happy that they that they were able to excel in the business. What is your thought on that? No, uh, that's what I said, uh, you know, because I said a prayer. I I, I, I was in church uh, from a kid with my mother and father, and my grandmother and father. And the one thing I always did, I prayed, prayed every time I went in the ring. And some of the guys did know. And uh, my, my, my mother and my father said, don't forget to pray when you walk into that ring. And I always did it. And some of the guys didn't know until they, they really looked at me and they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying for us. <laughs> and we, we we went into a lot of situations a lot of times, and I was praying. <laughs> and they didn't know it. But I was always in the church from a baby till a certain time. And a lot of times we had the shows on Sunday, and I couldn't go to church and I would pray for all of us and I was supposed to be on the plane and I would say this right now so everybody can hear that I was supposed to be on the plane with Valentine Lim in North Carolina in Wilmington and I came back home that night, Friday night from Charleston to Charlotte and I drove back to Wilmington on Saturday and I said, wow, I wasn't on the plane. And also, after George had told me, George Scott, after the plane crash, George said, since I told you in the beginning to groom Rick, now that he's been in the plane crash, I want you to take him after the crash and work with him again. And if you ever see Rick, you ask him, did you wrestle Tiger after you came out of the plane crash, and did he body slam you? I took him like a baby and slammed him, and I said, watch this. This is what my dad taught me, that Luther taught him how to slam someone and don't hurt them when they're injured from football and all of the other Injuries of any other sport And being in the military As a serviceman <laughs> That's what my dad taught me And I didn't hurt Flair After that being in the awesome. hospital And when you get and The cool thing about Luthez is I mean Luthez has a move That is still used today That's named after him yes. Luthez Pratt Yes, yes, yes And George Scott knows that Before he passed away 
And he said, mm. and I said, now you go and make another million dollars, Rick. And I said, coming out of the hospital, and he just looked at me. And I swear to God, that is the God's truth. And I said, my wife said, you did it again? I said, yes. I said, because I know how to work. We're not supposed to hurt anyone, never. And that's the truth. <laughs> and that's what Lou says. <laughs> yeah. we're not, he's the only, only if we're shooting, he's for real. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> so I learned how to work. <laughs> I'm so well, happy. Know, I never heard it anyone. I never heard it. Well, you know, right. you mentioned All that, those guys you know, are telling you the truth. Well, you know, you, you, know, you mentioned you know, ne- never hurting anybody. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes things exactly. do happen in the ring that, you yes. know, is out of your control. But... If uh, you know, you know, you never injured anybody, but did uh, mm-hmm. you ever get injured uh, by some kind of freak accident that happened that was beyond somebody's control? Well, they say if you're a good worker, you're not supposed to, and if you're in control of the match, and that's it. I learned how to control the match, and I called all of my spots, and then I invented all of them because. I was close to Mexico, and I knew all the high spots, and I invented a lot of the high spots because I worked Houston, and most uh, I saw after Mascaras and then uh, Letario and then the other uh, Chavo Lim and all of the training, and my dad, um, San Antonio, uh, most of them, you know. Then I invented most of the spots. And I told most of the white guys that did not know Bill White, Bill White, and all of those guys' spots that they never did. And you know, many of the guys, Scott Casey, and all of those guys that never I, I taught them. And uh, I was sent to uh, TBS from Houston on the Red Eye at two o'clock in Houston to TBS to in the making of uh, Turner at uh, TBS uh, TV. And I was watching all of those uh, TV uh, angles there where I could do uh, TBS television and those spots on the, you know, camera and turning and coming out of that ring at that studio, you know, the studio wrestling for the first time. And that, that really helped me because of the, the way the, you know, the, 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 the how do you say, the seats to a, that they pulled the, uh, Bleacher out there close to the ring uh-huh. at the studio WCW, yeah. And, uh, you know, to be able to take the bump and everything outside and then where Gordon Soley was and all that and then the Florida television and North Carolina. So I started inventing my moves and then I started going over the top rope and then the flips and with Rocky Johnson and uh, the cartwheels of one and a half and then landing on my feet and uh, swimming pool the one and one and a half where into the water and all of that so pretty athletic you know yeah. and I, I don't know if do you uh, if you keep in uh, you know if you if you watch the product today but do you have uh, if you do uh, do you have an opinion on uh, re- uh, the wrestling product today 
and how they how they come across and how they're presenting it and what they're doing with the business today compared to back in your day? Well, yes, I do, but uh, I look at it and uh, I look at if I was a booker and, and uh, <laughs> promoter also and looking at uh, putting myself in McMahon's uh, position and uh, promoter in uh, Triple H, uh, you know, some of the guys, uh, I, I, I would kind of change some things uh, around and my champions would be different. I, I really would get, uh, I would have a black champion, really. Uh, I, I would do that, and I know it never was, but I would give the opportunity for the blacks to come in. You know, I think it would be good money-wise because I talk to a lot of people and they they, they really like it, you know, and they, they, they think about it a lot, you know, because they, they're so happy when they get the belt, you know. And then the music part of, of having, you know, that when they come out to the music, the the, the the owl, you know, the, the carpet, you know, they they really like that. And it, it's something that gets them up, you know, and uh, I think it's necessary because when we go to the island and stuff like that, the Samoans and Haiti and Jamaican and all of that, and uh, uh, even, you know, Africa, the, the you got two different North Africa, South Africa, the white uh, and then the black, you know, to satisfy that, you it's hard sometimes because they do go against each other in a, in a national or military situation, you know, Grenada and all of that. They fight against each other, and and, and when it's at, uh, they're not at rest. So it's a political situation, you know, and then it, they're at rest sometimes, you know, and then it's over, and it's years. But that's how the countries are in the political situations. And it's got to be done, and then sometimes it's over. But the wrestling is built that way, and, and the issues are there because it's it's the life, and it, it works out. And then the, the the certain type of matches, the people buys that, you know. And then sometimes you say, how how will he get over, you know, without having a riot, you know, every time, and you know, losing lives or something like that. And I, would, I wouldn't really want that. If I was being a booker to do that, I wouldn't want that to happen. I would want it to be good and enjoyment, you know, where the little children would enjoy and really like it, you know, because I don't think that would be good. But now, I think, with, uh, what, you're, I think, what you're doing uh, these days, and we have Tiger Conway Jr. We've got about um, um, – <laughs> About eight, ten minutes here left with you. Um, in your uh, in your daily routine now, um, do you um, what what do you uh, what do you uh, uh, what do you keep busy with nowadays? Uh, uh, do you uh, do you do any training right now? Uh, do you still do personal appearances, um, or what do you keep busy with? Uh, Nowadays, since you retired from the the ring, well, uh, I don't know if you knew that uh, we we I had uh, my father had a fence company. We 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 damn near fenced up all of Houston, <laughs> all types of fencing, commercial fences, wrought iron fences, 
wood fences and everything. My father was very, very smart, uh, uh, mathematically could figure so fast, uh, no education, uh, uh, but uh, could figure and uh, architectural draw, uh, uh, just fast figure, uh, could uh, box up anything, a cage match or whatever, made the first uh, really strong fence uh, around for Abdullah and Bruiser Brody here instead of just a regular roll of wire that it used to be back in the day, uh, wrought iron, uh, uh, steel that would hold up on the 24 by 24 uh, ring in Charlotte. He made that one, and, uh, you know, and uh, that held the guys in there, you know. And uh, Andre the Giant did the, the, the two-ring battle rolls and all of that, you know, and uh, pretty well uh, made a pretty good living, millions of dollars, you know. And I, le- I was a kid that behind him back in the day in school. So I knew that, and uh, I've done that too. So as of now, I retired, and uh, I was just honored uh, last night uh, at my high school for football, track, and baseball from 1971 in the Ring of Honor. Uh, things like that, and uh, things are still coming. And... Uh, Cauliflower Alley, all you, that. You uh, still, you still live in the Houston area? Huh? You still live in the Houston area? Yes, yes. Still home. Back at home now. Yes. Oh, you weren't and, affected. Uh, son, I, I have a son that played uh, arena football, and he's uh, All-American, and one son, and the other one is was a football player, and uh, he's a uh, coach and teacher in Wichita Falls. Yeah. And, uh, well, you and your family uh, weren't affected by that hurricane a couple of years ago, were you? The one that flooded all the city? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Kind of tired of that now. <laughs> really tired. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, Houston, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm really trying to look for maybe somewhere else where hurricanes don't come, but they're coming everywhere now. <laughs> I hear you. So, you you, you basically got to be in North Dakota yeah. with the icon not to get a hurricane. <laughs> I was going to ask you how how's the hurricanes coming around there, any? <laughs> well, uh, we don't have uh, we don't have hurricanes here, but we do have fifty five foot snowdrifts out here. But I will yeah. say this though, if we ever yeah. do have a hurricane here in North Dakota, they'd probably call it Hurricane Icon. Icon. I, I was going to say <laughs> it's nice, nice, nice to have hey, been uh, uh, on here. Uh, real Go quick, ahead. Uh, Tiger, uh, I had, uh, uh, you know that uh, script I sent you for that liner to do? Yeah, yes. Say that uh, again. Can we go ahead and take care of that and do that real quick? I, 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 you kind of broke up. I'm hearing you, but I, I didn't hear the whole thing. Okay, I had, uh, I had sent you a, a script for a, a liner to do. Uh, uh, can we go ahead and take care of that now? and then, uh, Or do you need me to resend it to you so you can read it? Okay, the one that the one that you sent to me. Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and take care of that now uh, before we get uh, before we forget about it. Okay, you want to do that? Start. Yeah, I'll go ahead and count you off for five. Yeah, I'll go ahead and count you off for five. Then we'll record it. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Five. Ready. Four. Three. From the start. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Okay. Hey, this is Tiger Conway Jr. The Attitude Era. The Icon. The Big Swing. Granny Huckster. And the legend Pretty Boy. Doug Masters. Awesome. And then the the cool thing is because, yeah, that's perfect. And see, the cool is, you know, the, the way you said my name, the icon, what I can do is uh, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to kind of edit it for for uh, my ego. Uh, I'll do okay. it like uh, say, say, hey, this is Tiger and you're listening to the icon. And I'll say, yeah, leave me a message. So I'm going to use it, use it for my cell phone, too. It's going to be awesome. OK. OK. <laughs> yes. Very good. Hey, awesome. Very good. Good. So I'm um, happy. If uh, real quick here, if our uh, our fans wanted to uh, check you out and follow you, uh, do you have on Instagram? You got a YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Facebook? What do you got? Okay, I I'm 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 over so much, man. That's why I don't my children and all my kids and all my fans. They are so mad, and my football buddies and everybody, they 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 would run me crazy. I didn't go to Facebook and all that because of that. And I've trained so many kids. You would not believe they play professional ball and everything. That's why I didn't do it yet. You understand? And sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do anything. They want me to go <laughs> on Facebook and social media, and my children and all all my kids are on there. You know, and I haven't did it yet because I had I promised the family that I would be available to them. You hear me? And what did and. And you know, I I I I'm I'm just waiting for the right time when uh, I'm retired and I just I, I'm I'm so busy, you know, with other things and I just want to make that time to my family at you know at certain times and then at a certain time I said I'll I'll probably do it one day you know, and all of my other well you know it's, it is it is cool how you mention that you know and I will say one thing uh, mm-hmm. I am honored that uh, you actually gave me your personal phone number and you actually let me call you, uh, yes. you know, and uh, yes. I do appreciate yes. that. You know, I, yes. I, I will yes. stop calling you at 2 in the morning. I do promise you that uh, just so you <laughs> won't change your number on me. Okay. It's okay. You know, <laughs> because uh, the business the business has been good to me, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, and I'm the okay. other thing is, you know, being uh, – being on our show, you know, you're, you know, you mentioned how the business has been good for you, you know, and being on our show and, you know, taking time out of your schedule to be on the show with us, you know, you're giving back to uh, the business that gave you so much pleasure over the years. And now you're able to come on the show with us and give us your stories and, uh, you know, you know, share a little bit of your life with us. Mm -hmm. And we're honored that you're, that you're with us. Yes, yes. Well, you know, but really, the main one is like uh, Pat O'Connor and, and Harley Race. You know, I mentioned all of them. Those are the guys that really, really took care of me. You hear me? <laughs> and Tez and all of that. Those are the guys. Those men. I meant that. My dad and those men, man, I mean, they did. They those are the men that would go out of their way for us. You hear me? I mean, right? 
I mean it. That, and that that is something that that blew my mind. And they said it. Whatever you need, we're there. You know, and you know, you mentioned real quick here. Uh, we got we got about uh, four minutes here before mm-hmm. we need to wrap this up, but. You know, real quick here, you know, you had mentioned that uh, your son played arena, uh, arena football. Who did he play for? Wichita Falls. Yes. Yes. Oh, Wichita Falls in Kansas. No, no, Texas. Wichita Falls, Kansas, Texas. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that, uh, I believe the Wrestling Hall of Fame. The, night, the Nighthawks. The Nighthawks. The Nighthawks. Wichita uh, Falls, Nighthawks. Let me ask Do you think that um, – uh, your son might want to uh, be on the show with us, talk about arena football? Yeah, probably so. He, he, he's he's, he's uh, All-American. He's, he's, he's All-American, yeah. He, he's, he's good. He just won uh, All-American high school. Uh, he's high school coach there. He's just waiting to see which way he's going to go now after this. He won uh, in Madison, Texas, uh, the All-American Bowl there. On defense, uh, first time, uh, and uh, he's probably looking to do something. I don't know if the uh, NFL is your son on Facebook? Huh? Is your son on uh, Facebook? He, I don't know. He probably is. He's probably well, is I'll now. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know if uh, you know. You have, you have my number, I, I believe, right? Yeah, I, yeah. You have my phone number. Uh, could you pass uh, your my number on to your son and have him give me a call and I can set up a time for him to be on the show with us? We will. We will. We will. We will. Hey, we will. Get that okay. I have no idea what that was, but well, I'll tell you, what, uh, Tiger. You know, we uh, that was the other that was the other radio station. I opened the door. I opened the door to come back in, and they're doing an interview over there. So yeah, sorry about that. Awesome. Well, I, you know, I, train, I, trained, I trained him. I trained him, and uh, he uh, he was also trained by uh, Stephen Lopez, the Olympic uh, Taekwondo uh, uh, champion from Texas, the the, the Lopez family that uh, right. won the, won the uh, Olympics, and uh, and when he was coming up, and he's very good. He's very good. And he's a awesome. defensive back. He's a all greater Houston, and then he went to Mid- Midwestern State University, all American defensive back. He, oh, you get a chance to pull him up on the on the thing uh, from Midwestern State. What, what, what's what's his name? Nico Nico N E I K O Nico Conway. No Nico, just like the Seiko watch. I name when you go to Japan. I got the watch. Nico, the Seiko, the Seiko watch. It starts. It starts with. I named him Nico with an N, N E I K O. Nico Conway. N E I K O Conway. All right, I will yes. definitely look him up. Mid- Midwestern State, and then uh, uh, played for uh, <clears throat> Wichita Falls Nighthawks. You know, and just think, it's because hey, because he has a living legend for father. That made him and all, grand, all and, grand, you know? and grandfather and grandfather like Rock. And let me finish telling you, Rock has my contract from McMahon. I did not take the contract. 
from uh, WW, but I did work for Titan for a while. And that's when George Scott was doing the book. And that's, that's when awesome. the guys. That's when the guy. It, it, it's unreal, and, and that's when the guys were dying. You know, at first, and I, I decided this. Like I said, I prayed on it, and I looked at it. And the, the Royal Rumble in Houston when they did the first Royal Rumble when Nightheart Lim and Brett Lim was together there. I, that's when I stopped. I worked for Titan, and then uh, 1989 when my first son, when my Nico was my second son. And that something told me, you know, and I, I've been so good, you know, and then some told me, said, no, no, no. And after I, they say, after I seen all that and that's it, I was moving on the plane with Flair in, uh, in, in Valentine room, and I escaped that, you know. And when the right. guy started dying, my daddy told me, he said, hey, you better think real hard. And I, I, and I held out, and I got the million dollars. And That's awesome. I stopped. I stopped. And those guys start dying. You hear me? So I say, "Hun, there it is." <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? That's awesome. So I uh, think this is Conway, uh, Conway said mm-hmm. our guest. Uh, like I say, I do want to thank you for taking time on your schedule to join us. You, uh, it's been an honor, yeah. sir, and you are great. And uh, I'll be in thank contact, you. and hopefully we can have you back on again because we we love hearing your stories, yeah. and I'm sure you got more. I love it. Oh, thank you very much. The icon enjoyed it. Hope to be with you again. Maybe I'm on Facebook next time. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> Looking to come to North Dakota. Well, yeah, just make what, sure you, if you make sure you come in the summertime because no one wants Dakota, to go there in the winter. I'll tell you what, if you're ever in <laughs> North Dakota, you call me, I will be your chauffeur when you're here. And I think I think I think I had an opportunity to come play football back in the day there. Sure North Dakota did. State. Yes, I think they the recruited bison. me also. Huh? The, the bison, bison. North Dakota yeah. State. Montana, Nebraska. I was on the list. Yeah, nobody wants back to do that either. Really cool. <laughs> yes, that is really cool. Did you play ball? Uh, well, I played uh, I played left out, and uh, the only reason why is the only reason why is uh, my uh, my mom wouldn't sign the permission slip, so I had to be president of the chess club instead. Really? And, and you know what? He was a damn good chess player as well. But I got they, they they are giving me the um they are giving me the the symbol here. The ESPN's got to do some coverage stuff, so we uh, we do got to log it off, unfortunately, but. It was absolutely amazing to talk to a legend, and I'm uh, I'm humbled by it. And like you said, hopefully we can get him back on. Okay, awesome. I'm gonna do it for you. I love doing it Thanks, for you. Scott. Have a Thank great you. Time. All right, John. All right, guys. Uh, for those of you who saw that interview, was a lot better than really. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to him later. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Granny Hoekster, the icon and the big swing, becoming legends themselves every day. Dead man walking. You've done it now.